This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 159 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. I'm Diane. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. And we are back on track, guys. Back on our normal schedule now that all the special events are done. It feels really weird to me that we're yeah. doing a normal a normal show. Yeah, watch. I'm willing to bet you since we're talking about blank space this episode, Taylor's going to totally like mess with us and release the video for it tomorrow, yep. day after we record. <laughs> tomorrow at 7 a.m., we're going to wake up and... It'll be all over Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so for for those who are new to the show, we record Sunday night, uh, publish it, right, roughly midnight Eastern time, and so you guys all have it Monday, and uh, or have the new episode Monday, and so if Taylor releases a music video Monday, just know that we'll do an analysis of that next week and chat about it next week, so... Wanted to throw that one out there. So now two weeks later, after 1989, you guys all still have it on repeat? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Are there other songs I should be listening to? No, not really. I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, none that I can think of anyway, not off the top of my head. But, uh, you know, I thought something interesting. Because, you know, we'll get to the uh, sales numbers when we get to the news, when Sammy gives us our news. But Bobby Bones made some comments about it that I thought were really fascinating because he still talks about Taylor, even though she's pop and he's a country DJ personality. He just loves good music. So I think that's why he talks about it. Right. But what he said that I thought was awesome because, you know, originally Taylor was slated to sell like, what, 650,000 copies first week, something like that. And everybody was like, oh. No, I said 900 to 1.1. 1. 1. No, you didn't. You said yes, like three quarters of a million or something. I said 1.3 to 1.5. That's I what I said, 1. too. 1.3. All right. Anyway, that's not the point of what I'm bringing up right now. Point of what I'm bringing up is she was greatly underestimated simply based on the condition of the record or recording industry that nobody else can pull these sales numbers. And Bobby Bones was very, very supportive. And he's like, she's proving it can be done. You just have to produce a great product. That's more or less what he said. Mm-hmm. Not that nobody else is producing great products, but they're obviously not quite the marketeers that Taylor is. So people don't love them as much, apparently. Nope. But I just wanted to share that with you guys and bounce that off you. I thought it was an interesting comment that he made talking about how you know, despite the recording industry stinking, Taylor still rocks it. So, Sammy, what has been going on in the Taylor news lately? We haven't done a news segment in, like, weeks. I know we haven't. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Catch um, us up. So, Taylor Taylor had the year's largest first week sales with 1.287 million copies of 1989 sold in the first week. It was the largest first week sale since 2002, and Billboard predicts that it will sell another 400,000 copies this week. Wow. Um, so there was this other like tiny little announcement that Taylor made, you know, randomly on Twitter, something about a 1989 world tour. Hmm? Yay! <laughs> um, so the first dates of the 1989 world tour um, were announced. It will include special guests Vance Joy and Shawn Mendes. Um, the tour will start May 5th in Tokyo, Japan, and end October 31st in Tampa, Florida. Several shows um, pre-sale was this week and are in the following weeks that will occur 
following this week. Um, for more info on tour and pre-sale, go to taylorswift.com slash events or Ticketmaster. Um, it was also announced this week that Taylor will be performing her new single, Blank Space, at this year's American Music Awards on November 23rd. And it was also announced that Taylor will be performing at Capital FM's Jingle Ball on December 7th at London's O2 Arena. And Taylor is nominated for three People's Choice Awards. She is nominated for Favorite Female Artist, Favorite Pop Artist, and Shake It Off is nominated for Favorite Song. You can vote every day at peopleschoice.com. Excellent. Thank you for that news, Sammy. That, uh, that Jingle Ball announcement gives her, what, what did they call it, the trifecta? Because yep. she's doing she all three LA, Jingle London, Balls, New York, New York LA, LA, and London. <laughs> so thank you for catching us up, Sammy. I, I forgot what was going on in Taylor's yeah, world, basically. Too. So, <laughs> But, I mean, we do have to look in the future as well. So pull out your pens and pencils. Write this on your calendar. Diane, what does Taylor have coming up? Well, on November 3rd, they're the um, American Music Awards. On w- Wait, what date did you just November say? November 23rd. Mm-hmm. Two. Two, three, November 23rd. November 3rd already passed. You know Sorry. that, right? Diane doesn't have her calendar in front of her, apparently. She no. wants to go back to November all the time. <laughs> Speaking of that song, um, on December 5th is the uh, Kiss FM Jingle Ball at the Staples Center. On December 7th is the Capital FM Jingle Ball at London's O2. On December 12th is the Z100 Jingle Ball at Madison Square Garden. And on December 31st is the Rockin' New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest. So we'll see her on that on the TV. Awesome. We got lots and lots of Taylor performances to look forward to. If you can attend any of them, awesome. If not, I'm sure there's going to be videos online. Watch it on TV. You know, whatevs. You'll be able to see it if you want. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So our main discussion today, I have been looking forward to this all week long. Because we are discussing... I would say what is Taylor's sassiest and most sarcastic song to date, which fits me perfectly. It fits you perfectly? Is this song about you? No, it's not about me. It's about Taylor. (laughs) Or rather, Blank Space is about (laughs) the image of Taylor, the false image of Taylor that the media portrays her as, which we kind of covered in our overall sort of our overall analysis last week. So Taylor basically said that it's is um somebody help me out here it's well um, the media likes to tell this fake story about taylor that she's some kind of crazy girl who likes to date all these boys and then when she can't keep them she gets really mad and writes the evil song about them that's pretty much what this girl's plan is in this you know like i mean it's obviously not taylor herself but it's how people um portray her as in the media i think it's one of the most unique angles taylor has ever taken writing a song about a fictionalized version of herself yeah it's definitely something new it, it is. And, you know, reaching out to the community, we had um, an email come in from Shania and she gave her thoughts on Blank Space. And she thinks it was really interesting that Taylor chose to write this song because Taylor was known for her comments about never reading about herself in the news. So it's like, how does she know what uh, or how the media portrays her? Like, did she change? Is she, yeah, you know, I think I think she's probably had to avoid the inevitable and has seen what they say about her now. Um, I think that probably 
avoiding it when she was younger was probably much smarter for her whereas now she's kind of developed a tougher skin about it and reading them she kind of just blasts it off i would imagine well obviously or she shakes it off come on sammy or else she wouldn't uh, have written a song like blank space right. but, but it's pretty hard to hide from all of this because taylor is so famous that like you see her face everywhere and you see things um written um uh, written um about her just you know like she can't hide from it well yeah all the newspapers mm-hmm. and just walking the down headlines. the street she probably would see anything like that or you know probably even her friends say oh guess what so and so just said about you here in this article yeah, yeah. even if she doesn't want to hear it she's going to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point, Steve. So let's get into the nitty gritty of the song itself. Now it, it's interesting. She released this after shake it off. Cause it almost seems like it should go in reverse order in terms of chronological order. Is that yeah. right? You know what I mean? Well, Just cause of, it's yeah. like, Oh, here's the fake character. Me. Oh, time to shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> I, I, I shake it off. So do you guys have any favorite lyrics? Why don't we go through like, each verse and chorus like verse by verse yeah Yeah, let's do that because there's just so much meat to it that i feel like we need to address all of it the meat the meat of it the meat of the song so (laughs) who's got something from the first verse they would like to share and discuss um i really like um i saw you there and i thought oh my god look at that face you look like my next mistake loves a game want to play i think it's just i think it's interesting how she threw in the like it's like it sounds like it's gonna be such a nice line, and then she's like, "You look like my next mistake." I just think it's really funny that she said that. Oh, that's one of my favorite lines. You look like my next mistake because I, I visually see because Taylor said that she's telling a story from the perspective of this fictional person, mm-hmm. and you can totally picture that that mean, not so nice girl there being like, "Huh." You look like the next person I can victimize and write my song about. <laughs> yeah, like this. This. This could be a fun project. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that, some. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, sometimes, though, I think with the the line, you know, you look like my next mistake. It, it's more of, you know, people see that in possible, you know, relationships or dating or or whatever. It's like this is probably not going to work out. Well, yeah, that's that's you know, kind of similar yeah. to to out of the woods, where you know it was saying about. That they they were built to you know fail and everything like that. I think it's kind of like that sort of thing yeah, where that's... you're like, were you finishing a thought, Steve? <laughs> uh, that, no, that's about that was about the end of it. I, I thought I thought Skype dropped you and yeah, we were gonna I have to finish this episode too. without you. You like freaked me out there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I think I think that line is in place though, Steve. Too it sort of describes the personality of this fictional character that she's Mm -hmm. writing about because it's like you were just saying about you know sometimes in a relationship you don't you just know from the beginning you're like okay this isn't going to work out but this person this character of the story is manipulative she she doesn't want it to work out well i don't think she really cares she just thinks that this could be fun let's see where this goes and then if it goes you know to a you know, she'll just write a song about it. Like, she doesn't really care what actually, you know, what this um turns out to be. She just wants yeah, to write a song ag- about whatever happens. I would agree with that because especially in the next line when she says, loves a game, want to play, it's kind of like her saying, you know, she's just having fun and she doesn't really care about um 
you know, the Feelings. romantic aspect yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. Do you think there's any connection between that line, Sammy, and Love is a Ruthless Game? Uh, Off the last no, album? because I think Taylor meant that sincerely. And whereas in this line, she's kind of making fun of it in terms of how people think that she approaches love that, you know, I mean, love's a ruthless game. She's, you know, talking about how it uh, hurts and it, you know, it can be really difficult, but you want to play it anyway. Whereas, you know, in this line, she's kind of making fun of it and saying that it's, you know, not important or, um, you know, anything like that. And I, I think they're kind of different interpretations of a similar mm-hmm. okay. line. What's, what's the name of uh, Taylor's latest fragrance? Incredible, incredible thing. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Isn't that interesting that she would take this particular song and that's the line she pulls? I'm referring to the second line in the song, of course. I could show you incredible things. Um, you know that is that her showing off her perfume? Yeah, like look, <laughs> you can purchase this. Right? Well, I mean, all her perfumes, with the exception of Taylor by Taylor, come from lyrics in one uh, way or another. Song I think this titles. is probably the most sincere line in the whole song. Um, like, I don't. I mean, I suppose that one could interpret it differently, but I think it's probably you know, it's it's her showing him that you know she can show him something fun and exciting and new and different um which obviously you know is true but at the same time you know the media kind of interprets it differently for her but i think that's probably the most sincere line in the whole song uh i can i guess see that being sincere which is probably why she chose it i mean i don't know that there's anything else off 1989 that stands out to me as a perfume name <laughs> yeah. No, I guess not. Although you never know. Like she could come up with anything. She's Taylor. She could. <laughs> so in the next verse, it's kind of cool because it kind of continues the story of the song and describes the male character that this type of female would go after with the whole, like the right, right from the get go, new money suit and tie. New you know, money, she's talking so it's about like the, she tries to get like these new tries to get like celebrities kind of no i don't know if it's new celebrities or if it's so much young people that act like they have a lot of money and are you sure it's not referring to specific people though i think it refers to specific people new money uh new money is actually a song by little twist who is justin bieber's buddy like uh, you know after him and selena broke up I think they're still together, but I'm confused. So. Well, yeah, they broke up, got back <laughs> together. But Little Twist is uh, Justin Bieber's friend. And then Suit and Tie would be talking about uh, Justin, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah. I bet she'd like that. See, I thought that New Money was kind of referencing her like slight obsession with um, The Great Gatsby at the moment. Because in The Great Gatsby, they refer to people of old money that you know have had money come down from generation to generation. And New Money are people that kind of just got the money recently which yeah. would be you know kind of examples of like justin bieber and like you know one direction that just kind of you know they haven't been working that long and they all of a sudden have all this money and it kind of seems like the media portrays her as going after people that you know you know what i'm saying yeah are new to this sort of 
um, career. Well, I guess. that's what yeah. I think too. I, I, I like where you're going with that, Steven. I think it's interesting that it references other songs, like both parts of that one line, new money and suit and tie. Mm-hmm. But like, I personally see it more as a descriptor as describing the type of male that this type of female would go after. That's my opinion on the uh, no, lyrics. I can see that though. What? I can, I can definitely see that point too. So yeah, both well, they're valid. Well, that's like why that's why we speculate, Steve, because we're not Taylor. We don't know what she meant when she wrote it. We just guess and do the best we can and have fun with it. And everybody listens to us talk. <laughs> Who's everybody, really? <laughs> so what about that last line? I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. I love that line. It's so spunky and sassy. Why? Like Why? Wh- no, just not why, but more like embellish on your thoughts. Why do I think it's spunky? I don't know, because it just seems like that this girl that she's um, portraying is this girl that's very, very confident, and she's very sure that she can do these things with this guy, and, you know, and, and like, they can have this maybe fun time, but this really, um, it, you know, just, like, this really um, intense um, weekend, kind of, you you know, they can just do a lot in a weekend and it can be passionate and, you know, I don't know. I can, I'm just rambling. I can totally see but... that line in the music video, though, with like Taylor whispering right at the camera. I think, oh, yeah. That, yeah. you know, and, and it seems like she seems to do this in a lot of songs now where she kind of has a line that kind of is kind of outside of the song, almost like a third person sort of deal, like about uh, doing the whole sick beat part that she does and shake it off. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of is set in a different voice tone than the rest of the song. The same with this line. You know what confuses me about that line, though? Is I thought the sarcastic nature of the song was meaning to portray the female character as the bad one that takes advantage and manipulates these good guys. So why should she say, I make the bad guys good for a weekend? Wouldn't it be the hmm. other way? I make the good guys bad no, for a weekend? No, because I think that she is... I mean, she's also been tied and linked to um not such nice guys and you know she kind of john mayer (laughs) okay you said it not me (laughs) um and so i think it's kind of it's i think it's 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 kind of her showing that you know the rumors sort of have her have her you know, interpreted as, um, you know, this evil monster villain type person that likes to manipulate guys. And then at the same time, she's also portrayed as a sweet, innocent person that somehow gets tangled up in this horrible web of awful, horrible guys. Um, but I like how this verse has like a real life situation that she dealt with. Whereas like a lot of the other verses are just completely like, over exaggerated things that never happen whereas this situation is kind of one that the media did grab onto um and she's kind of taking the situation and just running with it and being like you know what if the media is gonna make it into this big huge thing then i'm just gonna portray it the wait way sammy what it. reality are you referring to well um not last year the year before there when she was hanging out with um Harry Styles um they kept talking about how she was running back and forth with him to London and was staying with him in London and then they would fly back and forth and back and forth and back and forth um so you know the I you know the idea of 
Um, I know that you've heard about me. Hey, so, hey, let's be friends. I'm dying to see how this one ends. Grab your passport and my hand. I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. Um, it's so it's going to be forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way you said um, it, it was in rhythm. I just had to go with it. I tried. I tried. Um, it's just like, I mean, obviously we don't know that that situation actually happened, but it's just kind of her making, poking fun at a situation that the media decided was one they should hone in on. Hmm, I can see that. Since you mentioned it, Sammy, I really like when she says, I'm dying to see how this one ends. Me too. Yeah, because I mean, that goes, that's that definitely. Like, you look like my next mistake. Like, they're very similar. Well, except this one more specifically is alluding to the fact that, like, she's waiting for it to end so she can write a song about it. Like, that's yeah. what the media says. The media says, oh, she just dates guys so she can break up with them and write a song about it. Yeah. So that one's actually, like, taken, you know, more direct jab, I think, than. Um, Whatever you just said, what was it? You yeah, look like my next mistake. Even the line before, I ain't it funny, rumors fly. And I know you've heard about me, so hey. Like, I mean, she's obviously, she knows that any person that she dates is going to have heard about her, whether it's reality or not. And she's just like, well, you know, whatever. They're going to have mm-hmm. heard about it, so you might as well just go with it and make, a, you know, create this alter ego type person that's actually more fun when in reality she's just sitting at home playing with her cats. Yeah. <laughs> When when we were in that's New- way more interesting. When we were in New York a week ago or a couple weeks ago, was that a week ago? It was like two weeks ago almost. Yeah, I think that's more accurate. Um, I that's why I changed it to a couple weeks ago. Um, I I was lucky enough to get the chance to ask Taylor a question. I asked her. I said, "So Taylor, I was like, when are you going to write the prequel to 1989 and call it 1988, since that's the year I was born?" And she looks at me and she's like, "Uh, never." <laughs> like ever like ever that should have been your response <laughs> <laughs> i was a little cut off guard sammy i didn't know what to say <laughs> i was hoping for the prequel the 1988 album how would she even write that she doesn't know what 1988 was like she doesn't know what 1989 was like either she was alive in 89 for two weeks how does that relate to the verse we were just talking about? i don't understand where that story came from I mean, oh, because Sammy was story, like, but... I, Sammy was saying the line about, I know you heard about me. So any guy she dates goes into it knowing that they're likely to become a song. Oh, so you so wanted I, an album. I, I wanted an album about uh, me. Oh, okay, okay. It didn't I, work. So I got it. I, tr- I tried. Wait, can you go over that again? I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Just I can't tell if that was serious question, Steve, or if we should move on to the next We're talking verse. about blank space. There's a lot of sarcasm going around. Yes. Sarcasm it is. All right, so next verse is, of course, the chorus. So it's going to be forever. That one. That one, yes. Yes. And then what about the rest of it? I think this is the most, this ver- this chorus has the most misheard Taylor lyric in the history of the universe. Mm, Which one? I don't know. Baker's going to bake is up there. Long list of ex-lovers, they'll tell you I've been saying. Wait, say, what's the misheard lyric? Everybody thought the lyric was got a long list of Starbucks lovers when the line is got a long list of ex-lovers. When I first heard the song, I was like, like a what? Like, I I didn't understand <laughs> I, her at I, I all. I thought it was Starbucks lovers, too, actually. <laughs> Whoever That's said Starbucks? I, said. I always heard of ex-lovers. <laughs> I heard something about the stars. Got a long list of Starbucks. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Star-crossed lovers. Oh, yeah, star-crossed lovers. That's what I kinda, thought it was. It kind of sounds like that. that, but yeah. I've always heard it for what uh, it is. 
I think that this is a really interesting line that got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane. Um, mostly because Taylor has said in several interviews that she never wants to leave a relationship where she can be interpreted as being insane. So this is probably the big, not the biggest lie that she tells in the song, but like, you know, one of the most made up things in the song is that, you know, she, I don't, she's always interpreted as the insane one, even though she always makes a very big effort to not be insane when ending a relationship or when in a relationship at all. Well, yes. the thing that's um, cool to me about this line is I kind of wonder who they refers to in this. It could be the the um, the um, X Men that she's been with, yeah. or it could be the, um, the media. media media that yeah, says that she's insane. So I, I think it could really go both ways. I, I think yeah. that's kind of the purpose of it. You know, right? I think it's a little of both. Um, yeah. I, th I think it's definitely a mix of both. You know, it fascinates me because, like as Shania pointed out earlier, Taylor made the comment about not reading her about herself if she can avoid it. How much of the media's portrayal of her that she's actually familiar with? Because the long list of ex-lovers is definitely exclusive to the media because there have been article after article with like, oh, a list, a comprehensive list of Taylor's exes. And it'll list like every guy she's ever been spotted in public Zac with. Zac Efron. Yeah. Like, no. yeah, it'll have Zac Efron and um, who well, else? There, that one floating around with her brother. She oh my brother gosh. And they were like, who's this unknown man coming out of the hotel with Taylor? Mystery <laughs> man goes on a beach date with Taylor Swift. Yeah. There's no incest happening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> With a picture of Austin. I, like, I don't understand why the media just doesn't do their research a little bit. Like, Sammy, I don't think they care. Like, I, it, it's all about the speed of getting your story out. Yeah, they the don't. They don't care. Not so much. They're like, oh, Taylor with a man. <laughs> Let's write about that. It's all about those page views. About those page views. About those page views. It's all about those page views. Yes. And Taylor Swift and man together sell newspapers. <laughs> this is true. That's why, Sammy. So the uh, next line, though, you know I love the players and you love the game. So does you there refer to both people, too? I think this is going back too? to the line that we were talking about before about love the game, want to play. It's, it's just kind of reiterating that thought. Does that make sense? Well, I think it's interesting because there's multiple points throughout the song, like the one we were talking about, bad guys good for a weekend, and now, and you love the game, uh, pointing out obvious flaws in the men in the relationships also. Yeah, um, I mean, this one's talking about how she's attracted to players, which then goes back to the bad guys good for a weekend, um, and how she's, just, you know, she likes being with the players and she's a glutton for punishment. Well, it's also saying that the men love the game, and, and the game... Right is referring to you know dating lots of women and so it's you know, almost like they're both i guess wrong in this yeah i guess so situation i mean i'm trying to think of an example where the media has portrayed one of her exes a legitimate ex not a zach efron or austin swift ex john mayer um, they considered him a player because he was bouncing no, around. No, 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 but as, like, being him. someone that was, like, hurt by it and, like, ruined by Taylor, right? Oh, is that what you are going Walker, at? Yeah, that was kind of where I was going, or that they were a bad guy, that they were just two bad people in a relationship. I don't think they've ever done that. I think they've no, always been really nice to the dating... guys or not, not said anything about them. 
Yeah, because when she was dating John Mayer at that time, they weren't really interpreting interpreting her as, um, you know, someone who, you know, just bounced. Well, they did, but, you know, she was a sweet and innocent 19-year-old that got, you know. Sucked up whatever. by this evil man. Taken yeah, advantage exactly. of by that old man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think really the only person. But even the news media didn't really say that much about her with, with Taylor Lautner. That was all Taylor. Yeah, I think the thing that is the worst thing about this is that they always like to talk about Taylor and all of this stuff, but they never talk about the guys and how many guys that they've dated and whatever, which, you know. Yeah, I mean. Isn't yeah. fair. Well, you know they're young and reckless, and they take it way too far. Yep. <laughs> It'll uh, leave you breathless or with a nasty scar. Exactly. But starting with those first two lines of the next verse, though, young and reckless, take it way too far. I actually really like those lines. Not necessarily that there's much depth to them, because it's very literal. It's just describing the type of people in the relationship. But for me, that the purpose of those lines really paints a visual in my head. Like, I picture the exact type she's describing. Um, like out on a date, like it creates a visual in my head. So I think those two lines are really cool yeah. for that reason. I think that this whole song is really good at that because she's kind of portraying every every guy that she's dated. It's not just one particular guy. So like, I mean, we could go through the song and be like, oh, this is referencing to this guy. This is referencing to get this guy. But she um, does a good job of referencing every guy that she's ever been connected to quote-unquote in the media Mm -hmm. right when i when i heard that first line it actually reminded me of uh a soap opera not that i've ever watched it (laughs) the young and the restless steve yeah (laughs) like i love how the line is you know it just it kind of sounds similar and it just sticks with you yeah no you're right um i like the um the the tense of this song the tense is that the right word what are you trying to like say? how it it's presented as if she the is phrasing? speaking yeah the diction the way it's phrased yeah i guess so i guess that would be it because it's like she's talking to the male character yeah i mean i guess the other ones are to the too male character yeah it, that's gonna make that's gonna be really interesting in the music video when sometimes she's talking i'm gonna use the wrong tense um, I'm just going to avoid it because I'm not going to use the right tense. I don't know <laughs> uh, um, sometimes she's talking, you know, as if, it, you know, she is this Taylor character that the media has created and she's talking to the guy character that the media has created. And sometimes she's talking to the camera as if she's talking to the person listening to the song. Ooh, point of view. That's what I was there looking for. There you go, Adam. It's the point of view, the point of view that this uh, song is told from, because it always it does change up a little from time to time. But this particular verse here, where it starts, because we're young and reckless, it's like she's talking to the male character, and she says it'll leave you breathless or with a nasty scar. Yeah, and, and that's like says, a, repeats it again. She says, "Got a long list of ex-lovers." That's still in that tense. Mm-hmm. Well, will that be a glue gun scar? Possibly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe Steve. Or she could be referring to the fact that she's going to go into her evil lair and (laughs) write a vicious song about this guy. And it's going to be immortalized. And everybody's going to think of this guy for the rest of eternity as an evil scumbag. That's the plan. That could be what the scar is. (laughs) That's totally her plan. Totally. Adam, do you still want a song written about you? (laughs) I got an album, Steve. Oh, album. That's not coming out ever. (laughs) 
<laughs> that Taylor confirmed is never coming out. Dang it. <laughs> so, I mean, the most obvious line we haven't really talked about yet. I've got a blank space, baby, and I'll write your name. I love the way she says that. Why? I love the way she says that. and I love listening to um, the um, the voice memo when she first played it for Max Martin and Johan Schelbeck, and they just flip out over the little clicking noise. It's so funny. Well, it's clever because the whole point is is it's like, do you want to be added to my list? So she clicks yeah. a pen and it, as if she's about to write your name down. It's like the first time a clicking pen was ever something people like desire. That's the everyone waits in blank space to hear the pen click, and then in real life, it's the most annoying thing on the face of the planet. Yeah, <laughs> Other than maybe fingernails on a chalkboard might be worse. It's gonna be really funny when she plays this on tour, and the whole crowd goes silent, and it just goes click, click, yeah. and I'll write your name. Um, I like when she does in her live performance too, when she does the pen click, the wink she does. Yeah. It's like this sassy wink, like, I'll write your name. So what have we got in the next verse then? Cherry lips, crystal skies. Oh, she repeats again. Incredible I could show things. you incredible things. Product placement. I really like the line, stolen kisses, pretty lies. You're the king, baby, and I'm your queen. I just think it's visually really, like, you can visualize that situation you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. well i think the I king really and queen like reference also is <laughs> well first off everybody in taylor's fan community refers to her as the queen yeah. which is yeah. um funny because now Don't she's know. using it uh sarcastically here <laughs> um but i think it's referring to the fact that like oh we're king and queen look at us and how awesome we are yeah we rule yeah. the world but then I, I like how in this verse she kind of flip-flops it, whereas the first two verses, um, or I don't, however many verses there are, I don't know, um, is kind of talking about how she likes to date bad guys, um, whereas in this verse, you know, she talks about find out what you want and be that girl for a month. So she's talking about um, sort of how, you know, she is in relationships as opposed to what she's usually attracted to. I don't know. Like it's kind of the same, but it's kind of different. Well, Sammy, I think that line's showing the manipulative nature of this character again, because it's talking about how I'm going to find out what you want, be that girl for a month. And then it's like, wait, the worst is yet to come. I She is willing to change who she is. And you know, the guy is going to only want it for a month. And then no, she- I don't, I don't see that. I see her changing for a month. She's being manipulative. She's doing that whole, it, cause you got to remember the context of this song. Like she wrote it to be the character, the more media portrays her as, and the media yeah, portrays her as a character that, dates guys solely for the reason that she wants to write the song about them and sell millions of records. So she's also portrayed her as, as you know, I mean, while she's dated lots of guys, she's also been the victim in many situations. Um, and they, not that they feel bad for her because they told her that she's a glutton for punishment or whatever. Um, but I kind of, I interpret that line differently. You're wrong. Oh, uh, uh, wait, I don't <laughs> understand how you see it, Sammy. Can you, can you explain it one more time? Basically, I'm just, I see it as, like, you know, this character is willing to change for a guy, and then she's going to get left, you know, basically, like, not left at the altar, but, you know, just dumped after a month. 
No, Why is I, that different than what you said, Adam? Because that she was that's totally different than what I said. Because no, she's she, saying she, she's she, saying she's talking about. I guess uh, this she's talking about like the definition of a, a girl who could be seen as weak. She's the type that bends and changes to accommodate a guy. I'm interpreting the line as the girl is changing because she's manipulating guys. She's changing herself oh, temporarily changing the for the purpose. For the purpose of attracting that guy so she can then dump him, write the song about him, and make her millions of dollars off of it. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Adam. That's because I'm always right, Sammy. You're not always right. I just agree with your interpretation <laughs> in this one instance. <laughs> Steve, do you have an opinion? Thanks for fighting, Diane. Thanks for fighting for me. Steve, no, settle the debate. I... No, that's all right. What's the next line? <laughs> Steve, Wait, the worst is yet to come. Steve, what's your hashtag? Team Adam or Team Sammy? This is the part when they break up. <sighs> team non-confrontational. Team Switzerland. <laughs> all right. Next verse. Screaming, crying, perfect storms. I can make all the tables turn. That one. Um, I've been waiting to get to this because we got another email asking us a question here. Uh, the email came from, hang on, I'm looking for it, from okay. Bethany. Who said, I wondered if the rose garden filled with thorns was a reference to the lucky one, as in, this is what happens to you when you have that level of fame and scrutiny. But that's just uh, a thread? Is she referring to a forum thread? Maybe like a thought, like a thread of thought. thought. Okay, and I'm not sure. So, I mean, is that a reference? Because we were talking earlier about, (laughs) we were talking earlier about how, um, you know, she's touched on multiple relationships in this so is, is the yeah. rose garden thing related to one of her relationships in any way is this like a reference I mean, to i've heard i've heard theories um that the lucky one while it was about the media it's also about um a guy that she was in a relationship with and how they kind of cut themselves off um for a while um you know you can fill in the blank if you want um <laughs> um and you know, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about before about how um, some verses are dealing with completely fictional, made up things, and some are more based on real life situations that were sort of turned on their head by the media. So I can kind of see that this reference is for the guy that that the, the lucky one was referencing to. I kind of agree with that. I don't really think so yeah i'm not sure if it's a reference to the lucky one and i'll tell you why i just feel like quite often taylor uses similar visuals in multiple songs and so using a rose garden twice in two different songs doesn't necessarily mean they're related it could just be that she uses that visual in her writing and in this case rose garden filled with thorns it's like rose garden something beautiful but it's filled with something bad which is i think what she means in this lyric is she's um talking about herself like she this character may look pretty on the outside but on the inside she's really you know bad and she's gonna like you know oh that's a great interpretation i think that's what she means you think she's using it to describe the rose garden filled with thorns yeah okay here's an interesting fact so anytime that she's referenced Rose Garden, she hasn't performed at Madison Square Garden on that tour. So, uh, <laughs> oh, clever, Steve. Your similarity. Well, she cry. is performing at Z100, which is at Madison Square Garden, right? Z100 yeah, Jingle well, Ball? she did that last time too. Then, then she's, then she's good. Tour. She checked it off her list. <laughs> Check. I made my MSG appearance. Yep. Done. Want to talk about it. Yep. 
either of those things. Oh my god, who is she? I get drunk on jealousy. I love how she performed this live. Like when she was singing and she started, she like, like pretended to be drunk on jealousy. It was so funny. I hope she does that on tour because I really like. Wait, it. what do you mean? Pretended friend. to be drunk she on just, jealousy? Like, like pretended to look woozy or something? Yeah, she like took a fake drink, a fake shot, and then started looking woozy when she was singing that line. Well, drunk on jealousy could be that? literal. Like, oh my god, I'm so crazy about this guy, and he might be with another girl. I'm gonna get drunk and you know be sad about it. Or she's obsessed with being. Um, with being um, controlling of this guy. That's so what I, I think. I can see it. how it go both. Go Wait, away. so you think she's obsessed with being controlling over this guy? That's what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, she's maybe. With, she's obsessed with being jealous. I'm just trying to yeah. figure Some out girls, what. girls like, really like being jealous. I don't oh, yeah. know why. It's a horrible feeling. They're like, who are you talking to? Like drama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I drama knew magnets. you were drama when you walked in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This would make a good T-shirt, though, don't you think? I get drunk on it jealousy. Says, I get yeah. drunk on jealousy on the front. Make it, That'd Steve. Cool. That's a good one. We yeah, but Steve, to... who would actually want to wear that? I think it'd be a little. I would. Yeah. That'd would be wear. perfect for the tour. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Steve. Bring it, Steve. I think we might need to patent that. Steve, uh, you can't patent a, a phrase. <laughs> Um, you can patent inventions. You can trademark a phrase, but I'm sure because <laughs> it falls in Taylor's lyrics already. Now. If anybody owns the trademark, it would be her be her yeah just pointing that one out there <sighs> not to mention if it's common phrase it can't be trademarked this at is all, not but... a common phrase well drunk on so. jealousy I've is not cliche say it legal then. lessons with taylor talk the taylor swift <laughs> podcast patenting and trademarking lesson number one because <laughs> darling i'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream i love, I love that, that part line. too best line in the song yep yep Oh, you guys there are just going to agree you're not Taylor. Gonna... No, it's definitely, definitely, definitely good. Oh, you're like, no, it's it's I mean, definitely good. It just... That's a really articulate it's... statement there, Diane. It's what do really you want good. from me? I want, I want a description. Tell me why it's good. It reminds me of the the l- l- lyric that we just talked about um, above when she said, Rose garden filled with thorns, because, yeah. it's, because it's the same type of concept. Like, she looks like she's pretty, but she's actually crazy. Yeah. Which is like many 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 people i've met in my life Hmm. (laughs) usually if they're pretty they're crazy you can't have everything that's how it works (laughs) (laughs) you're either pretty or you're smart or you're funny or you're nice can't have everything unless you're taylor swift If you're Taylor Swift, you have everything. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's just a great line because it really sums up the concept of the song and sums up the person being described in the song and the media portrayal of that person in the song. It sums up all of that because that's exactly why she wrote this song is because, you know, the media said, like, she's looks perfect, but she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? So. And I think that this is another line that like Steve said that you like she she's talking to the guy but I can also see her sort of talking to the camera at this point in a music video where she like kind of like stops everything and says the line to the camera. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like a little wink. Yeah. Aside. A wink. All right, let's skip ahead past the repeat of the chorus to boys only want love if it's torture. Don't say I didn't warn you. 
I don't know. You know, the first time I heard that line, I don't know if I liked it that much because I'm like, wait a second. I'm a guy. I don't know. No, no, no. That's not what she's talking about. I can't remember who said this or if it was her that, um, that, um, that, um, that, um, actually said this, but she says boys only want love. It's torture. She didn't say men. She's talking about like little, um, immature boys. boys. Okay. Who think they know what love is, but they don't. They just think. And they only want, you know, they only want to date the bad girl. They only want to date, you know, the fun ones. They, you know, that's why they're boys. She's the girl all the bad guys want. Yeah, but before and out of the woods, she used boys and boys and girls and girls. Yeah, but I don't think she used it in the same No, but I think that that's a different line. Men and men and women and women. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just didn't flow. it was it, she used she used it purposefully in the song she used it purposefully in that song just for different purposes <laughs> and i'm still laughing <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be in my like rewrite that that'll be in my cover i put on youtube <laughs> men and men and women and women <laughs> All right. That, that was one of the voice memos that didn't quite make it. <laughs> it, it was. And speaking of the voice memo, Steve, I definitely want to talk about it because this, on the deluxe version, this was one of the songs she provided a voice memo for. And it's really interesting because the purpose of the voice memos was to show some of the behind the scenes in the song creation process that she goes through. And so with Blank Space in particular, she took the concept into a songwriting session with uh, Max Martin and Johan Schellback, and she plays for us on this voice memo, the recording of that meeting, and it's just really funny. First off, first thing I noticed is I love the fact that she still writes on her acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah me too. I actually really love this song, Acoustic, and if she wanted to play it acoustic on tour, I would not argue with her. Well, the thing is, though, is the song or thing that she sang on the memo is not actually the complete song most of it she doesn't actually sing she just kind of like which is the next point i was getting to because it was really interesting because she didn't have the lyrics all yet and it's really cool and really unique to hear it in such an early phase in its you know creation where taylor's like playing the tune on the guitar and it's just like and making noises like that she's like oh my god she repeats the same line like four times because she didn't have any other lines some of the lyrics were different also like her original lyrics she had something like about a seaside I think I think there was something about like you don't want to get to know me or something like that we'll have to listen to it again gotta Um, re-listen to it it's interesting because this is probably um, of the three of them this is the least developed song that she played the first time like if you listen to her um the like and we'll get more into this when we do the other song analysis but if you like listen to the i know i know places um the voice memo like it's much more developed song the first time she played it for um ryan tedder than this one was the first time she played it for max martin and johan Schalbach. and i think it's really interesting well, that was she it was... because it was more of a joke I think it could have been, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's just, it was, like, an idea that she was toying with, and she, like, didn't think that it would be anything, but she really wanted to play it for them, and then it ended up being a song on the album. Well, it developed into something phenomenal, like you alluded to there, Steve. It did begin as a joke. That's what Taylor said. And she even said that this is, like, one of the first songs she's ever started as a joke that actually developed into something that ended up on an album, which is kind of cool, too. It's just overall a very, very unique song and 
Um, you know, despite what you thought earlier, Sammy, or what you might want, I doubt she's going to play it on tour acoustically. So oh, I know she won't. Do you guys have any cool ideas? I, I honestly don't myself, but do you have any cool ideas of how she might bring it to life on the stage for the 1989 um, tour? I can kind of see this being like how she had like a whole like performance scene for um, Speak Now where there was like a wedding thing. I can kind of see her... Um, doing that with this fictional character fictitious 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 making up words on taylor talk with sammy (laughs) she was close she had the root um, (laughs) character that she's created um and kind of having this whole like act out scene thing while she's singing the song i can kind of see her doing that you know i'm curious to see you just made me think of it sammy if she goes with almost I don't know if a Broadway route would be a good description, but basically we talked about last week how this album formed itself into a concept album where all the secret messages tell a story. I wonder if the performance, the 1989 tour, is going to be sort a of play. a concept tour where I it tells a whole story as the songs go. The that would be fun. Also, do it, Taylor. Do it. Do it. Um, she also said that, like, said that a lot about the Red Tour, that... It was sort of not inspired by Broadway musicals, but that that was kind of a play in itself. So I'm not sure that she would do the same thing twice, especially if she considered the Red Tour to be that. Um, but I can kind of see her. I, I don't I don't see her singing it in track order, even though it was purposely put in that order. Um, but. You know, I maybe in a way to tell a story. I kind of, I don't know. I, I no, I think you're, I, I think you're right with that. Now that I'm thinking about it, Sammy, like it's not going to be in track order because I wouldn't be surprised. I do f- have a strong feeling in my gut that Welcome to New York will be the opener for yeah. tour. I, would, I think but that's pretty. I think Shake It Off is going to be the closer. Yeah, Which I mm-hmm. honestly, and I was listening to Shake It Off the other day, and I said this. I was like, I just don't see how she can close or shake it off, like. You know, when We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together came out, I was like, obviously, this is going to be the tour closer. Like, that was pretty obvious. But I just don't feel like Shake It Off is a closer. I feel like it's like a halfway, it's like a 22 kind of song where it's like halfway, like, kind of wake, not wake up the audience because everyone's awake, but like... You know, no, like, I usually you know, take a nap them. in the middle of Taylor's <laughs> concerts, personally. Well, you know like, Go to sleep during all like too well. And it was like this big, huge dance number. I kind of see her doing that with Shake It Off. But I don't know what she would close with then. Um, I think I that's think another conversation. Shake it off would be day. a good way to end it. Yeah, and no, actually, conversation of, for another day, though. Like, we're talking about blank right. space and how that would come well, to that, life on that's stage. That's what I was getting to, though. Okay, go What have you got, what Steve? I'm thinking, what, what I'm thinking is what we're going to see on tour may be similar to what we're going to see her perform at, at the AMAs. Yeah, yeah I would that's agree. Which I think is going to be totally different than the music video is going to be. And it's going to be kind of like we're never getting back together again, where, you know, the what was actually in the video was nothing like because it was more like a circus performance, mm-hmm. if you will, on tour. And yeah, then it was also, like the Grammys. Uh, OK, and, and then the actual video was obviously very different. So but that, that's what I'm thinking. I think the AMAs may give us a clue of what we're looking for on tour with Blank Space. I would ag- I would agree with that. All right, well, speaking of um, a potential video, maybe you even weren't, but I'm transitioning anyway because this episode's starting to get kind of long. So whether or not Taylor released a video today, which is today is in the time that this episode releases because we're recording on Sunday, November 9th. We don't know the future. 
We can't predict the future. <laughs> but something that would be really fun, especially if she does release a video this week, is to try and figure out what our visions of the video would be. That way, when the video does come out, we can compare it. So, Director's chair. Yay. Director's chair. So, Steve, do you want to put on your hat or who wants to put uh, on the I'll hat? I'll put on my hat. I, I got this one. Steve's got it. I, I've been, I was throwing it around a, a bunch of times. But um, my best vision overall is – so this song is kind of what the media – has created a a profile sort of what they expect Taylor to be like. I'm thinking maybe this should be like a profile, like uh, one of those dating sites. Ooh, that would be funny. That would be really funny <laughs> because a lot, and it actually would work rather well because a lot of the lines that when she's talking directly to the 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 boy, if you will, those could actually be what she's typing messages to him. So are you talking about like one of those commercials for the dating sites we see on TV? Yeah, like like uh, Plenty of Fish or like, um, I like long walks Match. dot com or eHarmony. You know, eHarmony, kind of not sponsored. Yeah. Not, That'd be not clever. By any of these online dating sites, but it would be great in a music video. That would be clever. Does anyone else have a really unique funny. idea? Um. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> um, Steve's idea was so, the best. Blank Space, phenomenal song. Uh, Diane, if you had to rank it on a scale of 1 to 13, what would you give it? Oh, a 13. 13, 13. Sammy? No. I, I think knowing where this song started and knowing where it ended, I would have to give it a 13. Steve? 13. Click. <laughs> Click. Adam, 13. 13. This is the second song that we have rated 13 out of 13. Perfect 13s across the board, and as it should be, because at least as of the time of this recording, Blank Space is number one on iTunes. Shake It Off is down to three, so just for fun. That's on the uh, U.S. iTunes charts. Now, something we haven't done in several weeks, and I feel bad because this is the way you guys get involved. You know your Swifty when slash if Swifties ruled the world with your submission. Steve, take it away, buddy. Okay, the first one comes from Sophia, and she said, you know you're a Swifty when your mom posts, and we have the message here. Uh, her mom actually posted, never going to complain about not talking to me. Again, 90 minutes of nonstop Taylor talk. My ears hurt from listening. <laughs> I don't know if I should, if that should hurt my feelings or if that was awesome that Sophia made her mom listen to us for 90 minutes. <laughs> is that what she's talking about, or is she talking about... Sophia talking to her about Taylor Swift for no, 90 minutes. No, I think she has to be talking to us. Okay. I don't know that Sophia it, would have It's probably one of those episodes that Adam was singing on. Sophia explained. That's every episode, Steve. That has to be the live episode, yeah. <laughs> Sammy, next one. Um, you know you're a Swifty when you get a Taylor Swift shirt as an engagement present, and that's from TinyLoo13 on Twitter. Oh, yay! yay! Which one was it? Tell me later. Congrats on the <laughs> engagement. I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, this one comes from Malika via email. And they say, you know you're a Swifty when you're already picking out your outfit for the 1989 world tour. Can someone dress up like a pen? <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, you just gave me my costume idea because I didn't have one. Thank you. You you're can welcome. be a pen and I, I and I can be the, the blank page. <laughs> I'd be a perfect I'd be a perfect pen because I'm <laughs> tall. Tall. Oh my god, please can someone dress up like a pen? I will I will just Oh my god. Alright, so Isabella emailed us and said if Swifties ruled the world, everyone on the face of this earth would have to like Taylor and would have to own nineteen eighty nine. Good plan. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And the next one comes from the lucky one is Kennedy on Taylor Connect. If Swifties ruled the world, the air would always smell like Wonderstruck. That's what my brother Or Wonderstruck Enchanted or Taylor by Taylor or I'm going to go with if Swifties ruled the world, the air would always smell like incredible things. <laughs> Ooh, clever. Is that out in America yet? I know it was out yeah, in Canada. Yeah, Okay. I had it. Why didn't you tell me? I would have given it, let you borrowed it. I've Ugh. smelled it before, but it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. I've smelled it. <laughs> I've sniffed it. Whoever smelt yeah, it dealt it. It's available on Kohl's.com in a little package. It comes with body lotion and shower gel. Ooh. Sammy. Oh, sorry. You know you're Swifty when you have to train your phone to autocorrect new acronyms because Taylor released a new album. Yeah. Oh, that's that's funny. No, it wasn't. I had a similar one, though. I sent you guys one. That wasn't from you. That was from Taylor, and she emailed us. Um, but I tw- I tweeted you guys. You know, you're Swifty when your auto corrects. Welcome to New York to or like I think I said like horrible, and it auto corrected to WTNY. Perfect. <laughs> All right, this one comes from Red T Swift thirteen via email, and they say, you know, you're Swifty when you literally scream when Shake It Off comes on at, at a dance, and you dance until your legs are stiff. I actually did this yesterday. I'm pretty sure my friends thought I was crazy, and I probably looked like like an idiot while dancing, but I don't care. I'm just gonna shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. All right, and last one for this episode. Shania emailed us and said, you know, you're Swifty when your next photography assignment is choose your own theme and research a photographer related to that theme, and you choose Taylor Swift as your theme and research Christy Goodwin as your photographer. That's cool. So Christy Goodwin uh, did a lot of Taylor's tour photography, Mm. not to be confused with, um, what's her name that did the album photography? Sarah Barlow. What? Sarah Barlow, yes, thank you. But doesn't I, Austin also do photos? On Austin her? did the Fearless tour. He has, he did he like, did red also. He did, did he do also. some red if photos? You go, if you go through the book, it says his name in it. Well, I mean, if you want to be technical, all of us are also Taylor photographers. So. <laughs> some we're better very than good. others, and we're very good at it. So. All right, one last <laughs> one last segment before we go. A very special segment to me, and it's very special today, especially. What are Swifties listening to? Where you guys share with us um, music that you're listening to that is not Taylor, which right now is probably nobody because 1989 just came out. But um, you know, at some point, you're going to listen to other artists again, and you guys suggest them to us. We share it with everybody. So this week at Liam Bolum One on Twitter said Swifties are listening to Callie Rohde's free EP. Download it here, CallieRohde.com. So, Liam, we got uh, something cool for you. Actually, it is a... We're going to play you... First off, we're going to play you a sample of Callie's music, which we don't often get to do because of copyright and uh, infringement. But we have special permission from Callie for this episode. And and we got a special, special message from Callie herself. So let's hear from Callie. Hey, Liam. Thank you so much for suggesting me for the Water Swifties listening to portion of Taylor Talk. Uh, The song Adam is about to play for you is Friends Like Us, and it's a song I wrote for my best friend, Sierra. We've been best friends since first grade, and we grew up together, so she was always nagging me to write a song for her. And I always found it so much easier to write about relationships. You know, a boy who broke my heart or when I'm falling in love because it's just such a whirlwind of emotions that kind of hit you like a ton of bricks. And when it came to our friendship, it was always really constant. And 
I could never find the perfect words to describe that kind of friendship. So finally one day I sat down and I wrote this song and I sang it to her for our high school graduation. And uh, she went off to Canada for school and I came to Nashville to follow my dreams. And this song, it's really the glue that keeps us connected, being so far away. And honestly, my only hope for it is that it can keep long-distance friendships alive like it does for ours. So here's Friends Like Us. We named our kids when we were just 16 Before we even knew what love could Promised we'd live just down the street In a dollhouse with a Barbie Jeep Never thought this day would come so fast We used to talk about throwing these caps So keep the faith Remember my name No joke, Callie is phenomenal. I love She's that song. She's really good, I love guys. that song so much. In fact, Sammy and I actually met for the first time in person at one of Callie's shows it's... at CMA Fest in Did 2013. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Oh, that's where Sammy fun. and I met for the first time. So, I but I was going to get murdered. Here's, here's what I'm going to say about Callie, though. All right, and I mean this, like, sincerely. You guys know all of those Taylor fans who are like, oh, I was a fan of Taylor back in 06 when she was just getting started. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. I'm making this claim now. If you guys go start listening to Callie right now, you're going to be saying the same thing about her in 5, 10 years. I've been a fan of Callie Rohde since 2013. Like, I am not joking. She is that good. This girl's going to be big. Right now, her music, I don't even think it's on iTunes. You can actually get it for free. She's giving it away completely free on her website, CallieRody.com. That's spelled C-A-L-I-R-O-D-I.com. Um, I have it myself. I downloaded it because, I mean, it's free. You, what's the worst that can happen if you don't like it? Delete it. Delete it. Yeah. You didn't pay for it. So definitely give it a try. I, I promise you, you will like it. Absolutely and promise. pointed out that she has an awesome cover of Wonderland. That too, which that will put in the show notes for you guys at taylortalk.org slash episode 159. That way you can check out Callie's cover of Wonderland. You can kind of warm up to her that way through a Taylor song. Yeah. (laughs) But in all seriousness, go listen to her. I rarely get this excited about our Water Swifties listening to. But Callie is that good. All right, time to wrap it up though. 
<laughs> I've been rambling long enough. Wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. So, guys, if you want to submit for future episodes for any of the segments, give us feedback. Tell us what you think of any of the songs on 1989. You know there are a ton of ways that you can contact us. They are all at taylortalk.org slash contact. One exciting new method, you can re- way you can reach out to us. We have an Instagram account now. We don't have very many followers there yet because this is the first time I'm announcing it. So hopefully you guys all go follow. That is Instagram.com slash Taylor Talk Podcast. You can go check us out there. And of course, follow us on Twitter at TaylorTalk13. Loved chatting with you guys. Hope you enjoyed our discussion of Blank Space. Go check out CaliRody.com. Uh, I got nothing else to say. So it's been wonderful being here with you guys for episode 159 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift Podcast. This has been Adam. Diane. Sammy. And Steve. Saying have a great week, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.